Welcome to the Workplace Chameleon. I'm Dr. Selena. Thank you for joining me. I titled today's episode, Stress Fracture. And when I, as a non-medical professional, think about a stress fracture as those tiny cracks that can show up in a bone. They can be caused by repetitive force, often overuse. They may heal on their own, but they may not, right? When there has been this small or moderate amount of pressure that continues to build up, worsen over time sometimes because of that long duration. Sometimes we need some help with it. And that had been weighing on my mind as we look at this experience of this podcast at episode 19 today. I even think about where we've traveled from since our first episode in this world in January 2021 to where we are right now in May. And I think about what I saw pre-pandemic in our organizations sitting alongside, talking with organizational leaders and employees throughout a wide range of industries. And here's where I want to start today. I'm hearing it every day right now from companies who are clients and clients who are people and people like you who may be listening right now. I've listened to and understood your load, the carrying that you have done, the work you've been covering, the shifts, the hours, the balance you've been trying to keep before it all falls over in a heap. I was worried about fatigue in the workplace before the pandemic. I want you to know today and to use a phrase that I know other organizations and other sources use, and that is you are not in this alone. Leadership is hard if you're doing it right. And with rapid fire change, with limited resources, with rising workload, often understaffed or without enough people to help, the pressure isn't letting up. I see you. And I want to talk more about that phrase today that you are not alone. One of my great hopes coming out of 2020 is that we have an opportunity like no other to really smash the stigmas of mental illness and educate, support, advocate for the fact that mental health is critical for all of us. One in five U.S. adults experience some sort of mental illness. One in 20 U.S. adults experience a serious mental illness. And what we know from the National Alliance on Mental Health, NAMI.org, along with a number of other resources, is that There is an amazing opportunity within our world right now to bring these conversations forward. I think my entire life, for many reasons, I've tried to advocate for these discussions 
And still year after year, conversation after conversation would run into roadblocks of people not wanting to ask for help, not wanting to say the words out loud, not wanting to look like they were weak or that it shouldn't happen to them. And in honor of May being Mental Health Awareness Month, my hope is with 2020, we can finally pull back many of those layers around the stigma about mental illness and mental health. If you haven't seen the resources available at nami.org, nami.org, I have a couple of favorites. They certainly have fantastic educational materials, but they also have a whole section on how this applies to work. Please take a few moments to check out the workplace resources that they have available to you, including videos and handouts and posters and conversation point and supervisor training that can be used to really dig into how do we do this at work? What does this look like? Yes, wearing my HR hat for just a moment, we need to make sure that we are addressing uh, the legal requirements upon us when it comes to caring for and protecting our employees, their confidentiality, and their opportunities to get help. But I believe the conversation for us to really pull back and undo many of the existing stigmas, we have to understand that it's going to take all of us having some conversations about this more of us saying, it's okay, how can I help? It's okay, do you want to talk about it? It's okay, would it help if I listened? And to be able to take those next steps. I remember early on in my own HR career, just the very glaring realization that as an employer, if somebody called in and said, I had a heart attack yesterday, we, of course, would follow the protocol. We'd make sure they had the time they needed. We'd support cardiac rehab. We would do all we could to get them back on track. But if somebody calls in and says, I've been diagnosed with depression, hmm, that's a tougher call. We struggle more with what does that look like? While there are some additional protections in place, the reality is we're still fighting many misunderstandings, misconceptions, and stigma around what it means to be mentally healthy and what does it mean to support mental wellness in our organizations. Stress fracture came to mind as I was considering that because as I think about that definition and what that looks like in our day-to-day -day work, I was kind of intrigued by it, if you will, of that added pressure, that hardship that comes with stress over time on a bone, sometimes healing itself, sometimes not, repeated jumping up and down or running for long distances, or maybe something, maybe you've had a stress fracture and it's just something that happened uh, because of some stress or strain with something you were doing. 
So what could we take away from that today? Why check in with me on this? Why bring this topic up? I have the opportunity because it is May and I love any opportunity we can talk about with mental health. But what can we add to your toolbox for this time of investment you've given me? Mental health at work is really a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. The World Health Organization describes mental health as a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities. They can cope with normal stresses of life. They can productively and fruitfully and is able to make a contribution to their community. The WHO stresses that mental health is not just the absence of a mental disorder. Now, work itself, since that's where I spend my time in putting this in the workplace, employment does a a number of things for mental health. It gives us some time structure, some social contact, some collective effort and purpose. It adds to our social identity. It also gives us some regular activity. Now, for those of you who might be retired and uh, honoring me with some of your time in listening to this podcast adventure, you've noticed some changes with the structure of your time and maybe how you line up your regular activities. For those of you who are employed, or maybe you're not employed right now, but you were at one point Maybe you're seeking it again. Maybe you're not able to seek it anymore in what has been maybe defined more as a traditional view of work. And I think there's maybe that's a whole nother topic of how we frame abilities and access to work and what that looks like. But I'll take that on a different day. What we also know is that mental health problems in the workplace suggest a personal toll on employees, a financial cost to companies, which could be eased if a greater proportion of employees who needed treatment were able to receive it. I want us to think about as an employer how we can reframe mental health care as an investment, one that's worth the upfront time and cost. We know that mental illness costs billions in lost earnings per year. Yet what we know is that there are factors in our workplaces that as leaders we can impact. There are 13 organizational factors that have been identified. And as always, I'm happy to provide references for anything noted in any of the podcasts. But from the World Health Organization, these 13 factors impact organizational health, the health of individual employees, and the financial bottom line, including the way we work and the context in which that work occurs. Psychological support, how we feel supported within our own thoughts and health and well-being. Clear leadership and expectations. Again, a call that effective leaders have an impact on everybody's mental health. Psychological competencies and requirements, recognition and reward, workload management, balance, protection of physical safety. I've wrestled with psychological safety earlier in this podcast series. Uh, 
organizational culture, civility and respect, growth and development, involvement and influence, engagement, and psychological protection. As leaders, I want us to consider this. Originally, what launched this podcast is my interest in helping organizations not only survive, but thrive. To think about what I see every day going on in companies, and if I can shed a little light, maybe a little bit of encouragement, maybe some tools and resources through my work to say, how can you navigate this better? What what support do you need to take on your day? And then stress fractures continue to occur. I continue to look around every day and see these tiny breaks in bones, in the structure of our organizations, and this amazing opportunity to really take the lessons learned of the last 18 months and talk about it in our teams, reach out and reconnect, meet people where they're at as leaders, as I love to say, and bring them with us. What can you encourage your team? What could you do for you? Talk to a healthcare professional. Log on to resources like NAMI. Call their helpline. Reach out. Connect with friends and family who are going to support you. There are a number of other kinds of support groups. And one, again, the benefit of this past year and a half is they are more accessible than ever before. Self-care is about taking good care of yourself. It is about treating your well-being and happiness seriously, looking after yourself, because without that, we can't survive. And as leaders, if you're a leader listening to this podcast today, part of your responsibility is to help others do the same. How can you be there for somebody else this week. What can you do to identify if you've got your own stress fracture forming, or maybe you're seeing it in someone else? Consider what you might be able to do to bring new conversation into your team and make it okay to bring up. I think we should take this opportunity to really consider what comes next, how we support each other, how we offer tools and resources to help people through that, to reduce the stigma and discrimination, to understand the job burnout, to eliminate harassment, violence, bullying, to recognize substance use misuse and abuse at work, to address what we call presenteeism, reduced productivity, and even what we are seeing with increased absenteeism, address safety concerns, really get at the issues around higher turnover. A comprehensive workplace health and safety program 
not only includes occupational health and safety, the physical work environment, but we also need to make sure that includes the psychosocial work environment, the culture and the way we organize work. It also does include the workplace health promotion, the wellness component, but also the organizational community involvement, how we work together as a group of people who come together on behalf of a common purpose and include people, support people so that they can do their best work. Best work. A process to identify and assess and control the psychosocial hazards can be established in the workplace. What we want to be able to do is look at even health and safety committee reports, workplace reports, employee concerns or complaints during the workplace, exit interviews, other types of workplace risk assessments, incidents, investigations, data around absenteeism, both short and long-term disability data as well, employee surveys, including perception surveys, employee engagement surveys, and other kinds of data that looks at health benefit claims and EAP, Employee Assistance Program, usage if possible. So what can we do to make a healthier, mentally healthier workplace? We can encourage active employee participation and decision-making. We can clearly define employee duties and responsibilities. We can promote work-life balance and understand that looks different to different people. We need to expect, maintain, and hold people accountable for respectful and non-derogatory behaviors. We need to understand and manage workloads. I have noted this as we've examined different types of change and workload change going up means we've got to have conversations about how we adjust. What we know is people are more healthy and well when they're allowed to be continuous learners, when it gives them something new to look at or to shape or reshape their thinking, to add tools to their toolbox is a great strategy to continue to make one of your areas of focus. We know that for mentally healthy workplaces, conflict resolution practices need to be in place and used regularly. We need to make sure that we are recognizing employees' contributions effectively. Today, as honored with your time and this reminder, here's where we're at. Stress fractures are showing up a lot. Make it okay. Let somebody else know they are not in this alone. Print out resources. Share something with someone else. Reach out and ask, can you do anything to help? And if you're feeling that load, if you're concerned about your own amount of stress fracture in your mental health, please don't do this alone. You have resources, you have people available to you, and if you're not sure, reach out, drop me a note, and I'm happy to have a conversation to make sure that you are getting, in any way that I can, the best support and actionable steps 
that I can help encourage you with. We have this opportunity at this point in time to support and encourage each other even more to be as mentally healthy and well as possible. Let's leverage this opportunity. So no matter when you are listening to this, even though this was recorded in May of 2021 as part of Mental Health Awareness Month, this is something we can take on every single day. So let's talk about what's next for the Workplace Chameleon. Oh, if you have stayed with me through episode 19, I am forever grateful. This has been such an interesting journey. So let me tell you what we're up to. We have one more episode coming up at episode number 20. We are going to call that season one of Selena Learning. And then we're going to take a couple of weeks off. We're going to come back with season two. We're going to continue to find new ways to bring you content, stories, and examples that help support you, lift you up in this pursuit of work, in this relentless change, and we will forever remain grateful for your time. Please feel free to reach out to us anytime at info at workplacechameleon.com. Visit our website, visit drselinapeerman.com, find us on social media, and stay well.